Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Long Ball Premier League Preview Show. I'm John Townsend. And I'm Declan DeBarp. Today we're going to be flying like eagles as we are discussing Crystal Palace. First up, we're going to be talking about the fan base mindset, and we're lucky to be joined by one half of the Bundesliga podcast, which is available on the Football Mastermind podcast feed, and avid Palace supporter Brendan Wallace. My first question to you, Brendan, is what's the overall feeling amongst Palace supporters coming into the season? I think most fans are quite excited, but also quite nervous because we're so used to having old school managers who like to play very direct and launch up the pitch to the big man and now we've gone from that to Vieira coming in and all of a sudden it's slow possession football which players like uh, James Tompkins and Scott Dan aren't, aren't used to. Does Vieira joining the club excite you? You know it's really a club at the crossroads it's either you know you reach for the top or you go down palace have kind of been in this nowhere land for so long of 15th to like 9th 10th in the table does Vieira excite you does he give you confidence ahead of what is a very nervy season i know that you have an experience with frank de boer that um isn't great so where do you guys sit on that yeah, I, I, he definitely excites most fans because it's such a change from what we're used to. Is I think most fans have been extremely bored for the past two years and some even like falling out of love because it's been so negative. So yeah, it excites us, but everyone brings up Frank de Boer. Everyone. And that's always going to resonate in the back of your mind. Quite a few were worried about last time with Frank de Boer just got rid and got Roy Hodgson in, but there's not really any options like that anymore because they've all fallen out with our owners or they're all employed. So if this does go wrong, then it will go very wrong. What do you think of the new signings, Michael Olise and Mark Wehi? Well, we have the lowest net spend in the Premier League over the past five years out of all the teams that have been involved. So first that surprises me. Nice. I thought it would be West Ham. You know, we don't sign anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you bought you bought Felipe Anderson for forty million, and then and sold then sold him, him for three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but our, our board's really smart with signings, and to see all of the players now coming in now that we've changed manager makes me sort of think that it was Roy Hodgson that was turning down lots of players to sign before, because now all of a sudden we're going after players and getting them rather than just going after players and then just blowing it off to the side and not get anyone now we're getting loads of actual young players with resale value like Lise and Gwaihi for example and they're way more exciting than signing Gary Cahill and James McCarthy on a free on 60k a week so yeah I'll take it every day of the week there seems to be a, a lot of change are you actually excited for this season you know it promises to be potentially one of the most exciting in recent history yeah we have some of the most exciting players like Eze, Elise, Zaha, even Ben Teke can pull out a few flicks and tricks. But for the past few years, it's just been four defenders, three defensive midfielders. And it's so, so boring. So any kind of change would have been welcomed. It's just unfortunate that Elise and Eze are both injured. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'll see. 
as they had a brilliant season first year in the Premier last year. Um, yeah. But the, with the star player Zaha uh, wanting out again for what has to be like second, third season in a row, what's the, what's the Palace supporters' opinion on him? Um, everyone loves him, really. There's, there's the occasional, I'd say probably like 10% of fans, which are like 50-year-old men that think the uh, doesn't like the club and think we should get rid now because he'll never want to play for us. But he's the player on the pitch who always cares the most by a mile. Like he grew up next to the stadium. He loves Palace. He doesn't ever force a move out. It's just if someone came in for the right money, he would go. But that just never happens anyway. So no one's really worried about it this summer. Um and with with all the new signings and a new manager, I think he's more persuaded to stay than ever now. Because you no, know, last season when you make one signing a season and after finishing right near the bottom, it's not exactly going to ex- inspire him to stay. When every Palace fan knows when he's at the top of his game, he could play for anyone in the world, and we're never going to not support a player that good for us. And just lastly here is who is one player that you're really looking forward to watching this season, whether it be a new signing or a guy who will get some reinvigorated life under Vieira? One player I'm looking forward to. This is a tough question because everyone's going to play a completely different role and position to under Hodgson. So you've got Mateta up front who didn't get given a chance under Hodgson because he scored a goal under Hodgson and got dropped immediately because that's how Hodgson worked. Um, So I guess him up front, he'll be quite exciting to actually get given a chance. He got given a few games in the under-23s and he was lethal. You've obviously got Gwehi, which will be a ball-playing defender for us, which we haven't seen, I don't think, ever. So (laughs) that'll be different. And then... Elise, yes, but he's injured right now, so I don't want to get my hopes up too much. Nathan Ferguson came in as a right-back at the start of last season, and he's been injured for like a year and a half. So right-back's still a problem position, but it'll be exciting to see him when he plays because he he's a ball carrier, he's massive. But I'd say the most exciting player to see is actually... A guy who was in the under-18s last year, who's now in the under-23s, he's called Jezerin Raksaki. He's, what a name! He's yeah, I know. He, he's got <laughs> such a double-barreled name. It's so good. Um, but yeah, he was in the under-18s last year, and he's basically, he's the next coming of Zaha if he muscles up. He's exactly like Zaha, just without the power yet. Or the um, anger? Does he have a lot of anger? Yeah. Zaha has a lot of anger. <laughs> yeah, Zaha does have a lot of anger. So, yeah, I guess Raksaki in pre-season already, he's been tearing it up and he's he's like 17 or 18 and he, he's the best player for our under-23s now, which is quite impressive. Thank you so much for joining us, Brennan. Why don't you let the listeners know where to find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at 2801Brandon. Special thanks to Brandon again for joining the podcast. It was great to have him. But let's look at some of the business Crystal Palace has done so far in the window. And they've done a, a miraculous job. They got Mark Wahey for $21 million, And originally, I wasn't a big fan of that. Signing a championship center back for that much money, for that much of your budget. I felt like it was a risk, even though he is a very promising player. If you're near the relegation zone, spending that much on a center back who's a young, not Premier League proven, that's a pretty big risk for me. But then doubling it down and spending $20 million on Yoki Manderson, who is... 
Premier League experience. He played last season with with Fulham and was one of the few bright spots of that team. That was an amazing signing by them. And then they had topped it all off by signing Michael Olise for only eight million pounds, which is a ridiculously low bio clause, considering that if he didn't have that in his contract, he probably could have gone for in the twenty million mark. But Declan, what do you think of Palace's incredible summer? You know, I think that this is really being spearheaded by Patrick Vieira. The squad has needed some revitalization. And I think that the most glaring uh, example of that is the fact that Vieira has gone out and signed two center backs for 20 million and 21 million each. I think that um, Vieira has come in and really committed to remodeling this squad that looked a little bit bloated with a lot of dead weight under Roy Hodgson. And this revitalization is underway, starting at center backs with Gary Cahill and Sacco going out and Guayhi and Anderson coming in. I'm a big fan of Anderson. I really am. I think that the problem last season with Fulham was that they just couldn't score any goals. They did concede quite a few, but Joachim Anderson was not the fault of that. The Danish Youth International has a good reputation at this level, and I can only see him continuing to improve on that. And Guayhi, like you mentioned, coming in from the championship, but he has a lot of room to grow the Chelsea prospect, and I expect to see a lot more to come out of him. And just another exciting buy at central attacking midfield with Alessi here. You know, they bought Eze last summer, and Alessi Lacey comes in here much in the same mold. I don't think we'll see much of him this season, but uh, definitely one to look out for next season and seasons to come as he starts to solidify his position in the starting lineup. But I think that we really should take a moment to mention how important this introduction of Patrick Vieira is. He's going to completely remodel this club. We talked about it a lot with Brandon, but this is a big boomer bust signing. Either Vieira is going to be key for them or he's going to blow up. And I think that Palace fans are really at a crossroads. And this is one of the most interesting teams to focus on coming into this season definitely and with Vieira a big boom and bust because his first five matches are Chelsea Brentford West Ham Spurs Liverpool you only got one maybe two wins in that bunch if he doesn't pick up a single win in the first five games let's see how that works with Frank DeBoer yeah 100% and we'll go a little bit more into exactly how Vieira likes to play a little bit later on into the podcast but it's a completely different look for this team all credit to the owl for coming in and making Palace stable, but this is Palace jumping off into the ether here. Definitely. And if you look at the personnel, it makes sense bringing in Vieira, a guy who prioritizes youth. Palace, they're in the center of London. London is one of the biggest talent pools in Europe. And yes, their academy sometimes gets poached by the bigger dogs in London, but that there's there's a lot of lot of water to swim in to get to get good London talent in that area. So bringing in a guy who prioritizes the youth like Vieira, who also plays in a 4-3-3 formation, a very attacking formation. He's now able to use guys like Zaha, Mateta, Olise, Eze, Benteke. He's now able to use all these attacking players that Palace had, whereas before they were playing Roy Hodgson ball. Like, Brennan was so done with Hodgson, but come the end of it, you heard it in the interview. Palace fans were just not motivated to cheer for the team anymore. <laughs> Hodgson was kind of single-handedly killing Palace's fan support. So now, now with Vieira coming in, as long as he gets through the first five games, I really like the signing of Vieira, because also... In football, you are, you're always remembered for how it ends. You can have the best managerial career. If it doesn't end right, that's all people remember. And it didn't end nice with Nice, with Vieira. But people also forget when he got there, he had 
the Casper Dolberg fiasco where one of his teammates stole Casper Dolberg's watch. I'm going to go off on a limb and say that's not the manager's fault. They, uh, one of the teammates steals the other, the, <laughs> his teammates' possessions. That's not a manager thing. That's a him problem. So he had to come into that situation, have that happen immediately. And he did really well with these for the first couple seasons. Fell off a bit during the pandemic, but again, a pandemic happened. I'll chalk those seasons up as it's a pandemic happening. But I like Vieira as a as a manager for this for their squad. Mm-hmm. And I think that one thing to also keep in mind is that he's trying to revitalize the squad at the same time. So he's done that through bringing in some youth and some loans. They've also recently loaned in Connor Gallagher from Chelsea, the U21, who, if my memory serves me correctly, was at West Brom last season. And I think I remember him having a pretty, pretty good season for them. And Palace's midfield was always a little bit lackluster. It lacked a little bit of energy. So I think that there's a lot to like in this Palace squad. I think that a lot of the transfer business has been quite good so far and a lot of promise here for this palace squad a lot of promise if they have any money in the budget left i'd say it would be wise to bring in another central midfielder preferably a central midfielder with more of a defensive mindset you're not going to get him with the probably the budget that they have remaining but an ease basuma type or wilford and Didi, someone who's just going to come in plug the gaps will hopefully more indeedy than Basuma, but hopefully you'll be able to take the ball into the attack a little bit more because Anderson doesn't have the best ball playing stats and Gwehi doesn't have the best. It's better than Anderson, but it's still not overly good. So that's my one concern with with Crystal Palace is the ability to play the ball out from the back and take the ball from the fence to forwards because they have amazing attacking talent and they have amazing defenders. I'm not so certain of the midfield as of yet. But let's move on to the 11, where we're going to be looking at how they're going to be playing. And Declan, would you like to take us through how they're most likely going to be setting up? Mm -hmm. And I think to do that, we have to travel to southern France. Uh, Oh, it's a nice place. (laughs) It's where I would like to be right now. I can't can't complain the French Riviera. But let's focus on how uh, Patrick Vieira really liked to play at Nice and he was a possession first team, third most possession uh, in the French in in the French league and Liga. He liked to play a four three three, and he's always also trusted youth. And you see that I think a lot in some of his signings, where you know we have a question about who's going to start at left back with Patrick Van Arnholt leaving the team, but it looks like Tyreek Mitchell is the one who will slot in and play there. He played a lot in the preseason, and I think we can expect to, uh, that to continue. We're also not done with the transfer window as we record this just at the end of July. There's still time to bring in another left back, but as things stand, young prospect at left back, Joaquin Anderson, a little bit older in the back line, but you have Guayhi, another youngster, Eze, another youngster, Mateta, another youngster, Connor Gallagher is not that old. You know, there's a lot of youth in this squad, and I think that we can expect that from Palace going forward. I got to say, compared to the Palace team last year, Joaquin Anderson's a newborn. They were an old team last year. So now they have a backline of a wonder kid. Spoiler alert for the next segment, but a wonder kid in Tyreek Mitchell. Uh, Joachim Anderson, Gwehi. I think that they'll need to upgrade uh, Joel Ward. Now, again, Palace is located in London. They have a great academy system. Maybe maybe Vieira can, can pluck someone from, uh, from the academy and slowly integrate him into the side, which is probably what I think is going to happen throughout the season because Joel Ward, he's all right, but out of that back line, that, that is the week's weakest point. So this Palace team definitely has places to go, places to improve, 
But compared to last season, it is night and day. They went from a team that I would have stapled to the relegation zone at the start of the season. And honestly, a month ago, I would have said, this Palace team, without a doubt, one of my relegation picks. I, I don't know if I'm going to do that now. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of promise with this Palace team. I And I think it can be either a sink or swim season. It's um, As I said before, Palace are really at a crossroads here. Vieira is the key to if this is going to be success or not. And at the end of the day, all we can do is wait. But a lot of promising things coming out of South London and Palace seem to be on the right track. Definitely. Let's now move forward to Wonder Kid Watch. And I just spoiled it about 60 seconds ago. But Tyreek Mitchell, I'm I'm putting the house on him. I really rate him as a left back. He's He, he has size. He's not, I want to say he's 5'10", 5'11". So it's decent size for, for a fullback. He has speed. He He's kind of the complete package at fullback. Um, he's amazing defensively. He has 1.43 deceptions per 90, 3.57 tackles per 90. And with Palace letting go of Patrick Van Aanholt ahead of the season, especially after the Euros he had. Yes, they caught him before the Euros, but you really think that Palace wouldn't, wouldn't try to sign him back unless... They knew they had Tyreek Mitchell coming through, and if you look at the if you look at the roster, Mitchell's the only left back on it. That's a tiny, minuscule concern of mine. After seeing the amount of games Warren Bissaka played last season for Man United, where you need to have a you need to have a backup, you need to rotate, especially with young players, because you would hate for an injury to happen and all of a sudden all that promise goes goes by the side. But just from Palace letting go of Patrick van Arnold and being fine with it. That should show you how much faith they have in this kid. And Patrick Van Arnholt, uh, I know that this is stepping on the toes of our previous section a little bit, but uh, he didn't have the best season with Palace last year. He struggled at points and really looked like he was a mistake-filled player. But uh, at the end of the day, I totally agree with you. This is a lot of trust placed in in a youngster who's good defensively with 1.43 interceptions per 90 and 3.57 tackles per 90. So he's responsible defensively, but not afraid to get forward. But I agree with you. They need to find some cover for this young lad and... I think that um, really going into the meat of the season, as he continues to progress, he will show a lot of bright spots. Remember the season that Wambasaka had with Crystal Palace, and I want to say it was his only season with Palace. That's the kind of awe-inspiring performance I'm expecting from from Tyreek Mitchell. I cannot rate him highly enough. I, I think he's a fantastic left back, and I wouldn't be surprised in the next two three years. He's in and around the England setup because if you look at that left back position, there's Luke Shaw, Ben Chilwell, and there's a bit of a drop off after that. It's definitely not compared to the right wing back spot England have. But moving on to stoppage time, this is going to be our rapid fire prediction round where each of us gets 60 seconds to answer as many prompts as possible. And Declan, you're first. All right. Are you ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Finishing position. Relegation battle. Top scorer. Zaha. Top assister. Eze. Standout performer. Eze. Breakthrough prospect. Tyreek Mitchell. Call your shot. Eze and Zaha get caught driving down South London in a Lambo and are swarmed by kids that all have either of their jerseys. That's a very wholesome call your shot. That is a very wholesome call your shot. (laughs) <laughs> and the Contina. A very unwholesome uh, award. <laughs> Joaquin Anderson. 
Joaquin Anderson. And that is going to be 49 seconds. Well done. You know, I think that this season for Palace is really going to bring some hearts together and, you know, really bring out the pride of London. I mean, it's going to have to if it's also going to be a relegation battle. It will. It will. <laughs> Real Ted Lasso season, I'm predicting. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to smile and nod to that because I still have to watch that show. <laughs> and John, now it's your turn up. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay, well, let's get going. Finishing position. Mid-table. Top scorer. Zaha. Top assister. Zaha. Stand-up performer. Zaha. Breakthrough prospect. Tyreek Mitchell. Call your shot. Benteke scores a goal. <laughs> and the Cantona. The Cantona is going to go to Luka Majorovic. And that's done. That is a tough name to say, but that is going to do for the show. Make sure to check out our other show we posted today. It's going to be all about Everton. And stay tuned as tomorrow we're going to be talking about Leeds United and Leicester City. So you won't want to miss that. Make sure you keep an eye on the Mastermind website for all your tactical breakdowns and great articles ahead of the season. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you make sure to give us a five-star rating as it really helps grow the podcast. And thanks for listening. <laughs>